Angela Marie Publishing presents, in association with the Blacked Out Couch Podcast, The Healing Collection, featuring apparel with 10 unique designs to represent your healing journey in style. Also, check out The Survivor, our custom tote bag tailored for carrying those day-to-day loads. A portion of all proceeds are donated to mental health organizations dedicated to the culture and the community. Visit our store by clicking the link in the description or going to www.angelamariepublishing.com to shop now and support the movement. Let's heal. What's good? This is Jazz from 64111 Studio. Make sure you holler at me for all your mixing, mastering, and recording needs. For booking, please visit www.64111studio.com. sisters, to any and everyone tuning in and trying to navigate this thing called life. Whether you've been following this healing movement from the jump, or you're brand new to the family and tapping in for the first time, welcome, welcome, you are absolutely welcome. This is the Blacked Out Couch Podcast, but we like to think of it as more of a safe space for decompressing instead of your typical pod. The purpose of this show is to encourage and promote mental health awareness in our communities. For decades, the mere idea of addressing trauma and healing has always been taboo in the black culture. We're hoping to change that narrative one day at a time, one conversation at a time. Now keep in mind, although we do believe wholeheartedly keys to an intentional healing journey include support groups such as these as well as a variety of other ways to cope. In no way shape or form is this show intended to be a replacement or substitute for professional treatment for your mental health needs. What we want to do is encourage, uplift and provide our audience with the tools and resources that have helped some of us maneuver in our day-to-day routines. While some of our panelists do have experience and specialize in the mental health industry, we're all everyday people trying to get by, just like you. So always remember, no matter what you may be going through, you are not alone. Again, welcome everyone. It's going to take plenty of courage to see this thing through, but I got faith in us, ladies and gentlemen. I hope we hear Good evening. We're excited to meet you on the couch tonight. Welcome back to those of you who tuned in to our prior episode, Blacked Out Couch Podcast Brothers, where the men talked about why men don't show emotion. The brothers dropped a lot of truths, 
and we completely support them through their healing journey. But on tonight, we carved out some time for the sisters. The topic of tonight's episode is strong black woman, essential or erosive? For generations, black women have been labeled as strong. In tonight's discussion, we want to dive into where did this movement come from? What were the origins, including a brief reading from the Willie Lynch letter? Sisters, we're going to talk about how being the strong black woman shows up in our relationships, how it might impact our health, and other ways that it might show up in our lives. The sisters featured on tonight's episode includes the lovely Miss LaShonda Authorly, a long-term mental health advocate. From Lifted KC, we have its president, Miss Nico Baker. Come through. We have the wonderful Miss Devin Elise, founder of Lifted KC, a powerhouse indeed. Me, Ade Kemi, aka Princess, co-creator of the Blacked Out Couch podcast and co-owner and business manager of Angela Marie Publishing. And lastly, but not leastly by any means, the wise Mrs. Adrienne Taylor financial empowerment coach, and entrepreneur of Changing Lives Financially. So sisters, welcome. Let's hop right into tonight's discussion. Strong Black Woman, what is it? What does it look like? So for me, it was, for the longest time, it has been a badge of honor, to be quite honest with you, maybe because Mm -hmm. of how I was raised, um, and specifically by my father, you know, you know, I was raised to not depend on anybody. And I'm realizing like now that that was not correct. <laughs> but, you know, I I looked at it as um, a positive until I took some time to reflect and see how that attitude has negatively affected me over my life. So I'm with Devin where I'm in a season where I'm I'm okay with letting go some of, with 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 some of that. I mean, individuals have to be strong in order to make it out here. But the the uh, I, I don't the word uh, <laughs> it has escaped me. But the the energy surrounding the strong yeah. black woman term um, and the history of why it's actually the way it is now with that is is it's it's made me think about a lot of things yeah for me it is complex so a little bit of both of those things that were um just mentioned um and again just with going through so many things starting at a very young age someone telling me that i was strong um you know because i made it through these you know Things and I'm like, wow, you're still smiling. You're still doing this. You know, you're strong. Um, that's why it's more complex for me because on some days I actually need to hold on to that to make it like it was spoken. I'm strong. I can be that. I'm going to do that. And then mm-hmm. on other days it was like, I feel like a failure because it was spoken and I don't feel strong. And this is not yeah. what strong, you know, is supposed to be. So it's very complex for me. I don't think there's um, like overall anything wrong with being a strong black black woman, but everything is time and place. 
So just having that, you know, discernment on when to um, flex that strength, um, when to, you know, be feminine, when to honestly always depend on God to be strengthened. Um, so it's, it's complex, but I believe it is advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I, I would ditto what everybody has said. And when, when you asked the question, that the um, thing that came to my mind was blessing and a curse. Because mm -hmm. as Nico said, we need strength. We need life. Life be life. And, and mm -hmm. we, need, <laughs> we need strength sometime to make it through some <laughs> of the challenges and the struggles that we face. And, um, and that's necessary. Right. But sometimes yeah. it, can, it can be overwhelming. It can be too much. And sometimes we take it too far. Sometimes we because of yeah. what we think um, the expectation is. And sometimes society has placed these expectations on us, whether that was um, the, the society as a whole or the way we were brought up, because I, I was brought up with a single mom and, and she taught me. Yeah. The name of the game is survival and only the strong survive. So I didn't have no other choice mm -hmm. but to survive, right? Or to be strong because mm -hmm. the alternative was that I wasn't going to make it. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that, it, it often, or at least in my mind, it required that, um, that I couldn't allow myself to be vulnerable at times. And then I couldn't let people be too close to me at times and so um the the truth is that i've learned that there is strength in being vulnerable and Absolutely. so i think um mm -hmm. again it's, it's it's a blessing and a curse and we may need to reevaluate what that means and, and set our own expectations versus um looking outside for for others to give us the the idea of what that's supposed to mean because I think it can mean different things for different yeah. people. But again, we it needs to be, um, we need to not take it too far in terms of the way we relate with other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. That's, what I mean. That's right. There's a, a famous quote. I don't know if y'all heard it, but we, um, we said it a lot when I was running track in high school. Um, it's strength is actually weakness leaving the body. Like in order to get stronger, you have to go through something like, you know, the bodybuilders and, and, and um, anytime you're wanting to, to truly grow and elevate, sometimes you have to, you have to hurt a little bit to let go. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. Growth requires discomfort. Absolutely. Yeah. No pain, no pain. My quote is, uh, our greatest weakness is believing we have to always be strong. Like it's okay to not be okay. Like yeah. I promote yeah. that. Look, get an email from me that's coming with it because it's just like sometimes, like I, like we've all just said, we put these expectations on us. And I like what Miss Adrian said. Like you got to find the balance of when it's necessary and when mm -hmm. it's not. It's not always yeah. necessary. Yeah. Holds this strength. Like sometimes it's okay to say, I am weak and I need help today, or I just can't do it. I don't got it. It's not in me because that's where the community comes in, where there's days where, you know, we can reach out to one another and lift each other up with that strength. 
instead of feeling like you always got to pick yourself up. So mm -hmm. I think it, the key is finding balance. Yeah. 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 Balance. That can be hard. Like, how do you know when it's too far, I guess? When, when, when do you say, okay, I need a release versus when do you say, let me keep pressing on? How do you kind of know the difference? <laughs> but the obvious, like really when it affects you, when it starts to, you know, like it's kind of like um, even because as a life coach, you can't diagnose. But when you talk about even in therapy, everybody experiences anxiety. For whatever reason, things are situational, but when it begins to affect your day to day, then that's when it's a problem. And then it becomes a yeah. Yeah. so even it carrying this strength, it's fine to be strong. But when it starts to affect your day to day, when you're so strong that you're tired and you're really not able, you're forcing yourself to push through, it's becoming a problem. You need to look for help. You need to call on someone. I mean, if we, you know, my sister, she's like the Bible scholar. So, but I'm just following suit. Like even Jesus had someone help him bear the cross. Like yeah. it wasn't something that he could do alone. So what makes you think that you're strong enough to carry the weight by yourself we all the have time? Balance. We need to have some sort of awareness, but is that a good thing? Can't that be daunting? Um, when I think about awareness, it brings me back to a statistic that I read by the National Alliance of Mental Illness. They also go by NAMI, which reports that black people are 20% more likely to have mental illness than the general population. So ladies, tell me, why is that? Where does that come from? Do you think it comes from the fact that we feel like we have to carry everything? Or do you think it's because we really don't have the resources to even really know or get tested on if we have mental illness i think it comes from um education and lack thereof you know way way yeah. back when some of you know our elders and you know ancestors they weren't educated they you know wasn't really familiar with um therapy and you know support and you know getting getting help and things like that and because it was really ingrained in them that just wasn't how they kind of got through things so you know as the years came about mm -hmm. and that kind of came up now it's like that we didn't do that you know like we didn't have to do that mm -hmm. to survive like mm -hmm. we made it you know thus far yeah. so then there was a real negative impact on the fact of wanting to try to seek help um because you know this isn't what this isn't how we made it, you know, up until this point. And then also just going back right. um, to those times as far as slavery, you know, as w you know, we were going to mention um, like the Willie Lynch and things like that, as far as, you know, sl slavery mm -hmm. goes. And if the color of your skin is traumatizing, then yeah, we're more than likely generations later and generations later to, you know, still be more likely to have mental health problems just because of the unique right. experiences that we've had from you know way back when not yeah. only that yeah. science, science yeah. actually says that we carry that in our dna it's mm -hmm. uh your dna changes mm -hmm. based on your environment and so whatever negative stuff you have going on in your environment that's traumatizing you that's affecting you it changes your dna and you end up passing it on to your children. So it's not just uh, solely a mental 
health thing or based on the current environment or the environment of the child when they grew up, there's trauma in our DNA, literally. Yeah, mental health mm -hmm. is hereditary. So, you know, like, yeah, going way, you know, way back when it, it's just been a cycle. It's just been something that's been brewing and it is most definitely um, hereditary. Yeah, it passes on. And typically you're in similar environments that your parents were, you know, or those that you're raising and um, you're dealing and they're also projecting on you. Um, so yeah. Yeah. it's most definitely, you know, hereditary. So absolutely. Wow. Wow. That's amazing yeah. that trauma actually has biological effects yeah. for generations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I That's think we sometimes forget to look like we look at the surface of things. Like we say generational curses like the yeah. but it is so much deeper. Like they're saying, mm -hmm. like it is embedded in us when we yeah. like it is a real thing to break a generational curse like you're not just stopping a pattern you're stopping the cycle of a dna you're si you're stopping yes. The cycle yes. that part very illness like yes we have mm -hmm. yes within us it was crazy i was watching a live um of uh, it's a famous couple. I mean, once I say, I don't got to say their name, but they were going through the process for artificial insemination and she was getting slander because she picked a white guy as the person that was to, to help her have the baby or whatever. And it was just like, you're black. Why? And she was listing like, there's so many things that we as a black people carry in us that if we mm -hmm. that intertwine it with more black people, we're only creating another hurt black child. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, yeah. wow, like that is so deep. Like, we look, we have to start looking deeper as a people to understand how to make our community better. And when I say our community, I mean black people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we have to realize that those same changes that, that caused the, the, the same trauma that caused the changes in our DNA that that fit that healing will fix those problems down the line. And even currently, I mean, you get a new body basically every seven years. Like, so mm -hmm. you're constantly growing and 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 uh, regenerating cells. And mm -hmm. there's science that backs up that. Your current environment can literally change your DNA. So if people are working on healing now, they may be able to benefit benefit themselves, but they'll definitely be able to benefit down the line. And, and like you said, break the real curse, which is the biology of it. Yeah. Yeah. You saying our bodies recycle every seven years like little puppies? <laughs> What's the little puppy thing? I was intrigued. Like, I didn't even know that. Hold on. Run that by me. I mean, so every you're, seven you're, years. Well, basically, you, you, you're, you're, you're constantly regenerating cells. So if you make it, if you start making changes today, then those decisions that you make today could literally turn you into, I'm a witness. I mean, I'm a, I'm proof of it. Um, I'm, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm a completely different person than what I was seven years ago, physically and mm -hmm. mentally. 
But yeah. um, I didn't know that, but I was doing some math. I'm coming up on another seven year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that you put it together, I'm like, hold on, we about to reset. <laughs> yeah. That's why you got to start and keep on going. That's why you can't just stop. <laughs> right, right. You got to keep going. Yeah. You got to keep building on to what you've been yes. working on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can rewrite all them 35 years of pain and become a whole new person. Listen. Yeah, you can. I've been here alone today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Day one of my seven-year journey. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and just keep going. Just keep going. Keep going. See, see. <laughs> so I do want y'all, while we, we sold on the DNA thing, yes. I do want y'all to talk to us about if there's really a systemic Thing, um that could have happened from from way back when right so here's the reading of the Willie Lynch letter that Miss Nico had mentioned earlier by her being left alone unprotected with the male image destroyed the ordeal caused her to move from her psychological dependent state to a frozen independent state her referring to the black woman in this frozen psychological state of independence, she will raise her male and female offspring in reversed roles. For fear of the young man's life, she will psychologically train him to be mentally weak and dependent, but physically strong. Because she has psychologically become independent, she will train her female offsprings to be psychologically independent. And then it asks, what have you got? If you continue on with the letter, it, it basically talks about a broken community. But do you all think that that mentality having been forced into the woman way back when to learn to be independent, does that have anything to do with um, maybe our inability to even feel like it's okay to show emotion because now we have to play this, this um, everything role? They took our protector and made us feel like we had to be the decision makers. Like they, they molded that thought process into us. So it, it's no, it's no confusion while we sit around here thinking like we don't need a man for nothing. Like they taught us how to not live with, and, and this is before the government imposed and said, kick that man out and we'll give y'all money. Like this was back in slavery where they took our men and threatened to harm them to fear, to, to put fear in us to obey. Like when I, when you read that, like I, I got chills like that. It just makes everything make sense. Like you mother. But it goes to what I think Adrian was saying earlier, too. Like, sometimes we just, like, take it too far. Because, you know, when I hear that, it's most definitely right in line with all of the systematic things that have been done to us, you know, over um, centuries. Um, but it is in line with kind of taking it too far. So if you were in a situation and you had no choice, the protector was taken away. So you had to raise the children. And then you raise them in the way that that letter, that what she just read highlighted. That's because you were in that scenario. We took it too far. We didn't have to be in that scenario. Like when slavery ended, 
we didn't have to be in that scenario. So there was a, there's just a gap where we fail to unlearn things. So if that's forced upon you and that's what you have to do, then in that sense, that woman was frozen and then she had to make it happen. I'm going to take care of these babies. I'm going to do the best I can. And she mm -hmm. had to make it happen. But in some current situations, because that's ingrained in us, and as you said, we agree it's in the DNA, we've been fighting against that for years. And so then we've had situations where we actually didn't have to do that. We could have had the father around. We could have had the support. We, But it was such, it was so ingrained in us that we kind of, you know, self-destroyed. And then we ended up, you know, taking care of the babies by ourselves and things like that. So sometimes we just kind of take it too far. So we got to stand up and say, hey, we free. We do not have to be separated from, you know, the men in our life. And we don't have to raise the babies by ourselves. And we got to make, you know, better decisions from the beginning as to, you know, who we're going to create our families with and, you know, and things like that to, you know, reduce our risk of having to, you know, raise babies by ourselves and things like that. Oh, that goes back to mental health. You, Absolutely. Got a lot of high, yeah. you got a lot of hypersexual people at a young age because yeah. of mental health problems. Absolutely. So, the men was talking about that on their segment, like how you need a license for everything but to make a baby. When yeah. they say, I think I passed their <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. I've thought yeah. about that before myself. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things that are so important well, we don't have any training or book or nothing on how to you know take care of kids or... I love how to insert you just the act of doing it and you just do it and whoop, here's the back like, yes. oh. right yeah. I was going to add to what, what Nico said I think um, she made some very valid points one of the things that, that stood out to me is that we, so the Willie Lynch letter, it talks about how the, the man was demasculated within the, in front of everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, they beat and tortured him. And so, and that was done to, to pull him down off of the, out of his position and his role as the, the protector. Because now if, if this could happen to him, then what, what hope or what chance do I have? Right. So it was done to, to um, instill fear. Um, and so I think that that fear, though, has has um, been a consistent, a consistent factor, because as you think about the systemic things that have been put in place, um, institutional racism that we've experienced now as people, um, we've still have a certain level for, for mamas of boys, and I happen to be a mama of boys, we got to teach them to operate in a certain way because the, now the, 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 the threats aren't as, in, as blatant in your face like they were back in slavery days, but there's still those threats that are there. And so how do you mm -hmm. navigate teaching your son to be a man and be a strong man, but and, and play the role of, of a leader in his family and in his community, but also know that there's these potential threats that are that are out there uh, within the community. And so there still is that level of fear that's there that we have to learn um, and still navigate through 
in raising uh, black boys. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Still present even when, like I have a 15 year old son, I have to almost instill a certain amount of fear in him if you get pulled over, this is exactly. what so mm-hmm. it look the same as slavery, but it's still us like not raising our kids to be so so boisterous or or don't you walk in there with this amount of confidence because then yeah. they may rip you down. Right. So it's like like Nico said, at what point do we realize our power and we put a stop to it? Because sometimes we go too far. Like in a sense, the fear is still there because for me, I'm still going to tell my son, you be the best you can be. You go in there with your head held high. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I still have to be like, if you get pulled over, make sure you lower your shoulders, <laughs> don't come off as aggressive. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, uh, what's the and word? They have to try to decipher that subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah, now their subconscious is confused. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like you tell them to be strong, mama, but then on the flip side, you're telling me mm-hmm. to sit back and shut up. And it's like, so that you can come home to me, I, I am. I am. Right. Shut up, right. keep your hands on the wheel, come home, and we'll work through it. I would rather you come home, though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But right. it goes back yeah. to time and place. You know, if we're just understand there's a time and a place for everything, it's not, you know, this is just, this is your core. This is your character. This is your core. I want you to be strong. Mm-hmm. I want you to have held, held, head held high. You can do whatever, but there's a time and place. You know, sometimes it's not the time to stick your chest out. Mm-hmm. So at this point, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, being pulled over and we have the statistics of how that could turn out, then that's not the time <laughs> or the place right. for yeah. you to stick your chest out. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good way of putting it. You don't mm-hmm. you don't want to be instilling fear in them per se. Right. Um, that particular emotion, but just discernment and yes. and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's, that's to me it's like you're contradicting what you're telling, but then when exactly. you it, it's still a thin line for me. Because <laughs> I get I shouldn't, you shouldn't have to adjust who you are because of the color of your skin. So it's still, yeah, it's a time and a place, but it shouldn't be a time and a place. Who you are should be who you are wherever you go, and you shouldn't mm-hmm. be looked at as a threat because mm-hmm. you're strong in your presence on black boy. Exactly. You know? And mm-hmm. our black boy should be able to live in their truth. Yeah. That's right. Just like anybody else should. That Willie Lynch letter definitely shows how that was the kickoff to everything. And they've been doing the Willie Lynch letter systematically in different ways. Like them, our babies in these cars when they pull them over or because they walking down the street or because they knock on the wrong door. It's instilling fear in us. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing this exact thing. It's the modern day region. And it's horrible. It's, It's like... At what point, like, as much as we say and we protest that enough is enough, how do we really make enough of enough? How do we as women, because um, I was talking to one of my brothers and it's like, he was at a lot of protests and I'm like, I'm hearing all of these women speaking. Like, at what point can we step back from being this strong black woman and taking the stand and speaking up for rights and speaking up for our sons and we have men 
like assume their role as our protectors and we stand and back them as their helpmate as the one like it's just yeah so so, so my husband tells he says all the time a woman doesn't understand her power especially when it comes to a man and so if you look back in in history you can see the the influences you know that the the saying that behind every strong man or good man there or successful man there there's a woman right so we've got to mm -hmm. recognize that strength that we have but use it for good so speaking mm -hmm. life into our black men right. encouraging them and um finding ways to 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 build them up you know um, that's right is a start um allowing them <laughs> and my husband hates when i say that phrase allowing a man to be a man but it's true yeah. we do we have to allow them because if we competing for that that uh that role then we're not allowing them to be be the man right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i think that to your question your point Devin, is is one way that we can do that is through speaking life into them and letting them know that we believe in them and that um, we support them versus the, the divisiveness that we have um, unfortunately had in, in our community for far too long. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Us against yeah. the it's yeah. power. It's yeah. power. Yeah. It really yeah. speaks to a lot of the frictions that we tend to see in our in our families and in our homes, which could be contributing to some of our identity crisis. Another statistic by NAMI actually uh, speaks to the black youth. And that statistic is that ages five through 12 are twice as likely to commit suicide than their white counterparts. So clearly, you know, there is evidence that there is an identity crisis which exists in the black community. And women, I, I know that it dates back hundreds of years that we had to pick up and play the strong supportive role but at some point, imagine that, yeah, maybe we have to be tagged in for a minute, right? It's just like if we were running a relay, right? And it's just two people. The person at the head, they need a break sometimes. You know, you pass the baton. We, we had to carry us for a little minute, but there should be a way for us to kind of balance out and recognize their strength. And I just learned that recently. So um, I've been married for two years and my husband, like would get very upset with me for the first year and a half of our marriage because at nighttime I would just get out the car and go in the house, you know, not thinking anything in the world. And he would always say like, you aren't thinking about your safety because it's not in your nature. Like, yes, I know you're strong. Yes, I know, you know, like you could have held us down. But in that moment, were you even thinking about the fact that I could really protect you? So give me the opportunity just to walk you in from the house when it's dark outside because of what that does for me and a different type of like I show him love that way mm -hmm. and that just blew my mind because I was raised um by very strong women but my grandmother always instilled in me you know you don't depend on no man you have to hold it down yeah. you know you can't show no vulnerability you you know you you and it I literally was was taught that um, and so this concept of just kind of taking a step back and relying on a man, it, it was foreign. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to add when after Miss um, Miss Adrian um, said what she said. I was just going to add that we have to be receptive. That's the problem that mm-hmm. I'm finding that I have had is being able to receive. You know, like I've got no problem giving. You know, but and I know a lot of us don't have a problem giving because we give and give and give and give and give it till we yeah. ain't got it no more to give. No, but we got to be able to receive as well and receive gracefully and receive like we're worthy of receiving and receive like we deserve to be receiving it. Yes. Yes. Convicted. So I was thinking when princess, when you were talking and I was thinking like, again, that, that I was raised by a strong, phenomenal black woman and that's what she taught me. You don't need a man. You don't need a man for, for nothing, really. And don't you depend on nobody but yourself. And so as I reflect on that, that came from a hurt space. That came from a hurt place. And so she thought that she was was protecting me. She thought that she was was helping me really, you know. And so as we're talking about mental health, we, we it's important for us as black women to um to take care of our mental health. You know, it's a big buzz about self-care. Mental health is part of that. Mental health is part of self-care because um just like traditions are passed down, our programming is passed down. So the programming from from slavery we still see that permeating through our community now in so many different ways. And so if we don't um, heal ourselves, then I think one of us already kind of spoke to that, um, that healing yourself, then Lashonda, that was you. It, it allows you to then create a new program to pass on to the next generation. But otherwise, we just continue to repeat the programs of the past. And the way the brain works um, is just like a computer. Whatever the software tells it to do, that's all it's going to do. Can't do nothing. That's it. Right. That's it. I um, try to flip it because, I mean, I love, I'm, I come from a two-parent home. I love both of my parents, probably equally depending on who's on my good side at the time. But um, as my little dog just laid down here. But as much as I love my mother, I have to admit and realize that a lot of my strength came from my father and the whole independent thing came from him. I mean, I can't nobody tell me I'm pretty because my daddy always told me I'm pretty. Can't nobody tell me what I need for my car. Like even in relationships, I always called my dad first. It was like it wasn't until I got a little bit older, like maybe a few years ago, that it was just like, he is not supposed to be my go-to for everything. But because he showed me like, I'm going to show up as daddy. I'm going to always be there if your car messed up. I don't care if you got a husband or not. Daddy's going to show up. It was, It took me to realize like, that's not your role anymore. And that having that relationship, it hindered me. Uh, being able to be receptive, like Miss Adrian said, like mm-hmm. he has to have his place, and I have to give my husband or or the man in my life his rightful place. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mine came from my dad as well. But now that 
we talking about this. <laughs> Miss Adrian just said that she think it came from a place of hurt with her mom. I think with my dad, it may have came from a place of um, knowing himself mm-hmm. and assuming that other men are automatically going to be like he is mm-hmm. character-wise. So... Yeah, <laughs> like, because a lot of the stuff that he told me about, you know, about men and, you know, not to trust men and, you know, now that you're saying you think it came from a hurt place with your mom, I think maybe it came from a, from a, from a projection mm-hmm. with my dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was looking for my dad in the men that I was dating. Right. I, I've had this whole season of self-reflection, mm-hmm. just like... Like, I like older guys, not because I wanted them old like my dad, but because of the protection that my dad carried. It's like, you can only be that established older. Like, young guys, y'all mm. know how to take, y'all know how to yeah. behind ears. I need an old man that can handle me. And it, it wasn't like I was necessarily trying to get someone like my father because I didn't have my father. It was because I knew how much love my daddy gave me that you got to match his energy. Or I can't deal with you. And I gave that energy out. Like, if I still got to call my daddy when I'm dating you, you ain't the one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. nobody has really ever been the one because I wasn't able to let my daddy have his place just as my daddy and allow a man mm-hmm. to have that full reign in my life. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just listening like, yeah, we get it from our mamas, but sometimes we get it from our daddies too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I got from my mama that I didn't want to be like my mama in in yeah. marriage. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, there's a lot of things that my dad did that I never would imagine I could ever allow somebody to do and stay married to him. And they've been married. They just made 50 years. So, you know, my, my mom, she's a great woman. But as far as in a marriage, I don't think that her influence helped me be a better woman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge that. Right. You, the, op- the spite <laughs> of helps too. Yeah. We yeah. see what we don't want mm-hmm. and then we decide to do different. Yeah. So sometimes that can be the outcome of of growing up. That's true. That's true. So yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah, because I, I, I've said that before about like, because I have personally have had friends who grew up in abusive households and or, or with uh, abusive dads or stepdads and they turned around and ended up in abusive relationships and that's their mm-hmm. cycle of relationships. That's the road that they went down and personally I chose the opposite and I used yeah. to say that all the time, like you're going to either go one of two ways, you're going to go right. completely opposite or you're going to go down the same road. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So without realizing it, you 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 changed um, maybe a pattern in, in, that you saw growing up. You made a decision to, to do something different. Yeah. I, I was just sitting and reflecting and thinking about how um, it, early on. I've been married uh, 26 years. And so early on in our marriage, I see how I competed with him instead of letting him be the man. I com- it was a competition um, because 
I'm strong and they not you need to know that and you need to put some spec on my name, right? <laughs> um, but I was fortunate enough to have um, a couple, a woman, we had these really close friends um, and they were older than us that the lady sat me down and, and told me about myself. And I was like, Ooh, okay, well, at first, of course, I didn't, I didn't receive it, um, but then I had to think about it. And um, I made some decisions to change and kind of um, step back and, and allow my husband to assume the role that, that God, that I believe God ordained for him to have in our household and our family. And that changed the dynamic of our relationship. And so um, I didn't have an example of what that was supposed to look like because I only had the, I only had a mama. Um, well, I only had a mama present, mm -hmm. so um, I think it, the it's, it was interesting. I guess I was just doing some reflection and, and thinking about how that strong black woman and what I thought it was supposed to be, how that showed up in the relationship, and how when we are in competition, that we can't have success in in that relationship because there are. Um, there are roles that each one of us are supposed to play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you couldn't tell me that 10 years ago. <laughs> A gender role, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, that looks different. So as I'm thinking about it, because my husband cooks, right? And so traditionally it's women is thought to, to be the cook. So it's not necessarily that there are roles in our um, household or our family that, oh, that's the woman's job, that's the man's job. But as I think about my, my foundation is a biblical foundation and it says that a man's greatest need is to be respected and the woman's greatest need is to be loved. So as I respect my husband and um, and treat him as the king of our castle, then I in turn get to experience what it feels like to be treated like the queen of the castle. And so it, when, when people think about that, sometimes you can, um, you, they can get caught up on that, letting the man lead, letting the man be the head of the, the house. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a dictator type of situation or role or those clearly cut defined uh roles because like i said my husband he he vacuums he does housework he does laundry sometimes so like we shared the load but i recognized him and, and i respect him um as the king that's that's who he is for me and for our family that's what i've taught our children so that that's what they can model when when they decide to uh, start dating. So um, I think it, it really is about a, a mind shift in us um, rethinking how we see ourselves and how we can still be the strong black woman, but also that be a um, it not be a, a adversarial role, but more of a, a, a teammate role. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I think when it comes to the whole role with the whole with the whole gender roles, I think actions need less to be discussed as far as like what role do I have around this household or what role do I have and responsibility wise and more so that conversation needs to be about what do what do I bring to the table emotionally, um, mentally, like, you know, because I had posted something in the group about uh, people's brains being on a spectrum as far as feminine characteristics and, and masculine characteristics and how we all fall somewhere in between that spectrum. And instead of trying to figure out, well, this person should do this around the house because they're a woman, what, what mental aspects can you offer um, and, and, and it's something that should probably be discussed. What are your strengths mentally? What are your strengths emotionally? What are yours? That way we know who plays what role in, in that part of the relationship. And the physical stuff can be figured out. The, the material stuff can be figured out. But if you have, so I guess for, for instance, like I'm, I'm, I'm very analytical, like very logical and sometimes way too analytical and I find it a little bit more difficult to deal with men who are like that just because my opinions are strong and 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 they have a logical mind as well we get to going back and forth so I think we got to figure out where we fall at on that spectrum of of masculine feminine mentality emotional wise because like i said before to you guys in the when we were um you know having the meeting before the podcast and everything um oh sorry <laughs> i just lost the whole thought it just it's my it's okay ADHD. you know i got adhd it just yeah no. completely left so and I it's know okay it's okay getting into some pretty heavy stuff tonight so i think we could all use some time to decompress Let's go to commercial break. What up, podcast world? This your dude, Walt Lee Dundilla, the popper, Mr. Active Valley. Pull up on me. 1809 Vine, 8600 Ward Parkway, or yes, I'm KC.com. Lipid KC, we aim to reduce the stigma associated with mental health by promoting awareness of mental illness, its symptoms, and providing resources for those in need. We believe that through trust, relationships, understanding, service, and teamwork, transformation is possible. Support the Men Heal Movement by donating to the Cash App handle LiftedKCOrg. For more information about our organization, visit www.liftedkc.org. LiftedKC, transforming lives through hope and healing. In a groove. I'm sorry. You can keep going. Um, or I can move on to something else. Hey, well, I completely forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> okay. It's okay. 
that's that's how ADHD brain work. Just in case yeah. y'all don't know, like mid conversation, just lose everything. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's okay. Um, I think we were kind of talking about like the emotional needs that you you have to express in a relationship, right? Like um, for me, if I'm really hurt by something or if I'm grieving, sometimes I just need time to myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so my husband understands that. He'll check in with me every once in a while and say, hey, how you doing? Are you okay? Talk to me. I'm here. And if I say I'm just I just need my time. I'm processing. He say, okay, that's cool. Um, but he always just reminds me like he's he's here. But he doesn't like force me to be vulnerable too soon. And the reason why that's so important to me um, is because I'm not used to even trusting a man to do that. And And he started just making that very known to me. Like, you know, at some point, you can you can lean on me, right? Like my father passed away March in March of 2021. Um, and I just hadn't really talked about it. I hadn't really opened up about it. And I just had a moment. You know, we were watching a movie and um it was like a funeral and it had nothing to do with a father, but it was just like seeing the flowers, seeing the 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 whole event. I just kind of got emotional and I was able to tell him like, hey, I'm, I'm at my limit. I need some space. And some people that would cause an argument like, oh, you're just going to interrupt this day. Like, no, you and, and they try to like ignore what you're going through instead of even addressing it. Um, and it used to be a problem to address it. Right. <laughs> it used to not be OK to address it or people people wouldn't be OK with you saying, hey, I need a moment for my mental health, just like. They'll say, hey, take a moment if you have 104 fever, like right. you, someone can really have mental health needs that affect their well-being. And that should show up Absolutely. in our relationships. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm the same way as you. I got to I, when I get overwhelmed, I, I got to cut all outside stimulus out, yeah. all of it. And I have like. One of, one of my family members that I'm used to talking to on a regular basis. And I was in a place where I was overwhelmed. I wasn't answering my phone, wasn't talking to nobody. And I had to go and explain to this person like, hey, this don't have nothing to do with you. And granted, they were dealing with their own stuff too. And, you know, I'm the type of person, I talk to people about stuff. I don't hold grudges. And um, as long as you you willing to have a conversation with me and we can get over it. We are good. But having to explain to people, I lost a friend like that. I lost a, a really good friend that I had for a long time because mm -hmm. she could not understand that when I got overwhelmed and I got stressed out, I, I can't entertain nothing else. One, I'm not going to be genuine. I'm not going to be interested in whatever you're talking about. I'm not going to, my mind is going to be somewhere completely different, even if we are in the presence of each other. So is that what you really want? I'd rather just be to myself. Yeah. I'm going to do a shame plug real quick because Lifty KC, um, the Blacked Out Couch group and Angela's Publishing Company, we have, um, we started maybe a week or so ago, a grief support group called Griefing. Mm -hmm. And we're looking to do it once a 
month. And one of the things that I said in there, and I am a firm believer, like it is something that I practice even going into relationships. I teach people how to love me because dealing with the mental health, dealing with grief, like you can go into this, this rabbit hole out of nowhere. And people, mm -hmm. if they don't know, if they don't understand, then how do you expect them? Like in our minds, we do. Like when I go into my state of depression, just out of nowhere, like I can wake up and I'll just be like, I don't like nobody. And the most frustrating thing is people constantly asking me why, what's wrong? What happened? What got you there? I had to teach people when I'm in a good space, those are not good questions to ask me because what you're doing is mm -hmm. you're making me feel more guilty that I can't explain why I feel how I feel. So mm -hmm. I teach people when this is what it's going to look like. This is how I may respond to you. I may make it like I don't want you around, but don't leave me in the house by myself. Just go in another room, maybe periodically check on me. I'm not going to respond to you, but it's going to help bring me out of the place. If that's not what you can do, let me know so that I can have somebody mm -hmm. else space i'm a firm believer that dealing with mental health you have to be transparent about your need you can't do it when you're in the state of it because for the most part we're we're like zombies you know what i'm saying like we're still functioning a lot of us are high functioning in our illness but we still have those moments where it's just like i don't know why the hell i'm crying quit asking me why i'm crying i don't know so I've learned that that has been very beneficial to me in grieving and dealing with my depression and anxiety, all of that. Like the people that are close to me, we, they know what it is. Me, my mother, my sister, we have a cold pineapples. If I take, it's an emergency. Like you teach people how to be responsive to you when you aren't in a state to communicate that. Tune in. Our podcast was well, not a podcast, but our grief and support group. Clubhouse group. <laughs> yeah. The clubhouse group. Better. Uh, but yeah, like it like the tools needed to process through life when you're battling mental illness, it is real. Like like the word says, you have to be armored up because like every it's so crazy. Like as spiritual as I am, I just like as I'm getting older. The things that were instilled in me biblically when I was younger is making more sense now. Like you really have to have an armor for everything. Like that armor of God is real. Armor yourself up with your friends. Know who your go-to, know who your circle is, know how to self-regulate when you have nobody. Like you, you have, have to <laughs> emergency kit. You have to. Yeah. And you learn those things though, Devin. Um, you absolutely right. And so that goes back to that self-care. And if you know that you are in a space getting professional help and not having any um, shame about that, knowing that it's going to help you to be a better version of yourself, um, learning that it, it helps you learn self-awareness. And so if I'm not self-aware, then I can't speak to how that's the first step how i'm feeling and then i can't teach nobody else or tell nobody else what i need mm -hmm. when i'm in those spaces and so yes yeah, self-care 
through mental mental health and, and uh, working with a, a professional so that you can get those coping skills because it is it's important for everybody to know um, what their skills are, what what they need, who their supports are, like you're talking about, Devin. So self awareness is a, a big piece of that that we all need to learn, need to yeah. learn and practice. Exactly. Exactly. So like, that's where I learned how um, ignoring mental health can be er erosive. Right. And, and that can be one of the negative parts of being the strong black woman, because, yes, you can carry on. Yes, you can barely get by. But at some point, there's going to be implications. You know, I've, I've heard people say either you can choose to take care of your mental health or your body will force you to do it. Right. Right. Um, and so really, if you're able to learn how to be vulnerable and open up, you can see it progressing and flourishing in other areas of your life. Um, like for me, I started a weight loss journey in 2018. I lost about 70 pounds by the time my wedding came in 2021. And that was shortly after I had started doing therapy. I started doing counseling and it took me a very long time to open up to my counselor. But as I did, as I started to realize how I was able to overcome so much, I also learned that by addressing that and by offloading that to someone else versus keeping it bottled in, it helps me kind of look in the mirror and recognize how strong I am. And so if I feel like I can do that with her, I can also do that with my husband. Mm -hmm. If I actually open up and tell him things that I've been through, things that bother me, instead of him, instead of me thinking he's gonna look at me like I'm weak, he's gonna be like, she's dope. Like she's been through some, mm -hmm. some things. Um, and so it can be erosive in that we were actually inhibiting growth, right? Mm -hmm. But I also heard that it's essential and that it's it's helped us get to this point and we can't ignore that. Right. But we can have more. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the um like you said, this the it's both sides of it. So with the strong um black woman concept, I do agree with like the very first word Devin said. So like on the the flip side, it's like, you know, you feel that pressure, you feel that anxiety, you know, you want to be strong all the time. Um, honestly, mm -hmm. you know, make you angry, you're you mad, <laughs> you know, like, cause I have to do all of these things and no one else is, you know, uh, helping me with this. And also as princess just mentioned it, um, also, um, there's avoidance, you know, like there's things you need to be dealing with, like for yourself, for your personal mm -hmm. care, and you are avoiding those things because you're just trying to hold everything else down. Um, mm -hmm. and so those are basically some kind of negative um, impacts to being the strong uh, black woman. But then on the other hand, with the strong black woman concept, it has made us accountable. You know, so when this comes about and everyone's like the strong black woman. So now we have what society says it is and how we've behaved and the things that we so now we're like, oh, I have all these things now and now I can break it down and understand. Mm -hmm. So it leads us to that awareness. So I do believe one really good thing that's 
comes out of the strong black woman concept is just aware. We're now aware, like we've been carrying all this on our shoulders. We didn't have to, you know, there's support systems. There's the blacked out couch for sisters. There's lifted KC. There's just all these things now. So the strong black woman concept has made a lot of us aware. And so now we can use that to our advantage and um, make it work for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's good. While still showing vulnerability around the people that we love. (laughs) That's the awareness piece. Now we know, Mm -hmm. Um, as Adrian said, you know, showing vulnerability is a strength. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot that, you know, we are aware of now. So it does, you know. Yeah. I think one of the other things to awareness is knowing, like, my therapist always like she does word play and it, it's beneficial because the, there's so many stigmas around mental health, counseling, therapy. Like don't encourage someone to go see a therapist. Be like, hey, you want to go talk to somebody? Because there's this negative condensation. Like when you say therapy, like, oh, you think I'm crazy, all this. But be mindful that even when you take that step to talk to someone, it's a dating process. Like I tell people all the time, like, do consultations because if you're not comfortable yeah. with the person that you're talking to, you're not going to be vulnerable. With oh, mm-hmm. I went through a process of talking to multiple therapists before I found the one for one. Again, sometimes we do too much. I'm very strong willed. So I don't want you to pacify me. Like I need somebody to get in my tail when I need it to happen. Like I'm big on accountability. Now, while you're saying it, I may shut down and go quiet but that's only because i'm gonna go process everything you said and then i'm gonna come back and tell you you was right so make sure that when we're encouraging the people that are listening you're in a place where you feel off or you feel like there's some things that you're battling go talk to somebody and date those people the same way we date people in relationships and see if they're good for us do that with the person that you're going to trust your most intimate information with because that is going to be the person that helps pull you out of that dark place it is Mm. important it is self-care to go talk to somebody because you're growing for yourself and that's the key I think people need to understand that therapy is beneficial for everyone and not just people who are suffering with mental health problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone can benefit from therapy. Absolutely. Whether that's behavioral therapy, whether it's it's, it's uh, talk therapy, whatever the case may be, every person can use an unbiased person that they can go and talk to. Yeah. I agree with you, uh, LaShonda. We have, because everybody has blind spots, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We feel like we're at the top of our game. We still have blind spots. And those mm-hmm. blind spots could potentially be hindering you from progressing in areas and ways that you, you want to progress in life. Yep. Absolutely. Think about somebody who constantly go through the same relationship patterns and never yep. figures out at some point, if you're going through these same relationship patterns, <laughs> then something that you got going on, it, it, and it typically probably has to do with you too, you right. know, it took me a long time to realize that. 
mm-hmm. yeah, going through the same patterns of, of types of relationships I was having and coming to the understanding that it, it must be something with me. Yeah. yeah. And not necessarily something wrong. It's right. just no, but something, something I need yourself. to heal. Yeah, you just right. have to know yourself. Right. That mm-hmm. right. That you, you can't necessarily see or recognize. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that it's something wrong. But No, yeah. no, I just meant something mean, that yeah. obviously I need to heal something. Something in me is keeps... Well, I was just yeah, just saying that situation. in general. A lot of people think, oh, there's something wrong with me because I'm, and that's oh, what yeah. society places on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know that kind of saying about if this, if this happened, this person, this one, this one, but you're the you're mm-hmm. the main factor, and you know, like mm-hmm. it's such a negative connotation that it's something wrong with you because you're kind of been in like similar patterns. Um, but the thing is, you're not taking the time to step back, no self. That's like the first step. You just got to know self. You got to know how you respond to things. You got to know what you attract. You know, you got to know what you're putting out there that's attracting, you know, certain, you know, similar type of, you know, things and situations. And then once you again heal and develop, self-develop, learn about yourself and process and heal and things like that, then yeah, then you can find yourself in a different or responding differently to things. So then you're not ending up in those same, you know, kind of patterns. I think when you keep ending up in the same pattern, it's something you're supposed to learn from that situation. Yeah. yeah. But we look at health um, as a community, like as a reactive thing. Right. And I'm yeah. looking at doctors like most people in our community, they're not going to the doctor until something. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I look at mm-hmm. uh, like you go to your wellness visits. You're supposed mm-hmm. to go to your wellness Yeah. Visits. yeah. Go get your teeth yeah. For six months, like if you're doing these things, then the doctor is more prone to catching something that could exactly. potentially hurt you. It's the same as therapy. If you're going, you're talking through things, they're giving you tools to help counteract if something was to approach. Now, mm-hmm. I look at therapy like you're going to it and then boom, you, you have a loss. Now you take that to your therapist. Okay, give me the tools to to process through this grief. Mm-hmm. But I was already mm-hmm. going. So what could have broken me more without proactively getting tools on my tool belt? Now it's like now I'm just winging it. So yeah, need to treat it like our our health is a holistic approach. Like yeah, as much as you say, mind, body, soul, spirit, like all of that, you have to mm-hmm. proactively make sure all of that is intact because theoretically if one thing is off it's going to mess up something else absolutely when our mental is off it affects our weight it affects our eating habits it affects our physical being and then that trickles into like miss adrian is going to speak on it could trickle into our financial state of mind because now we're either blowing money or can't keep a job to make money like it's a holistic approach and we have to treat our lives that delicate that we have to proactively protect ourselves from anything that's going to come against us. The Bible doesn't say that it's not going to form no weapon. They will form, but we have to equip ourselves with tools necessary to be ready for those wars. When we just go in it blindly, that's how we end up getting more damage. That's how we end up enduring trauma. That's how we end up in pain. That's how we deal with suffering. That's how we keep on repeating habits because we're not learning the lessons that God is like, I'm going to keep letting you bump your head until you realize 
I'm gonna keep letting you endure this pain until you realize that there mm -hmm. are people that go to school, get these loans just to make you to help make you better. Therapy is an act where they're giving you tools, but you gotta want to be better. <laughs> it's an intentional act. So I just think you know, like even being so strong, like that's why my quote is what it is. Like sometimes we think we too damn strong to go get help. Like, no. It's okay to say I need help in a certain area. It's okay to say I just want to go to the doctor because I want to get a checkup. Like, as a community, a lot of our illnesses will be caught and, and dealt with before they're at stage three, stage four cancer, before we end up with diabetes. If we had better diets and better nutrition and exercise, like, there's a lot of things that we can prevent in our own lives, but we walk in this world blindly and without knowledge and without a care in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's my tangent. Sorry. <laughs> no. All right. Nice. Okay. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. It is right. holistic, though. I mean, and, and like Princess said, once you start in one area, you can't help but continue to go because once you start seeing growth in one area and realizing, you know, accepting where you came from and understanding how far you've come, it's almost you don't want to stop, especially when you mm -hmm. are seeing benefits yeah. from it manifesting in your everyday life, whether that be with relationships, finances, uh, friendships, you know, it, when when you start seeing the benefits of doing those proactive things, then you're going to keep going anyway. But most people, it's the getting started one is change. People fear change so much. Um, but, you know, the one thing that's inevitable about life <laughs> is change. So, you know, therapy helps people to become more adaptable. Um, you know, it, it, there, there's just with that whole holistic approach, um, you know, sleep. So many people do not sleep enough. Um, sleep affects mental health, you know. So if 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 you could just start one day, you know, going and, and taking steps towards whether that be, you know, there's cognitive exercises you can do. There's a lot of free resources available. I I spent I spent years in self-help and psychology on the internet because the information is available to us mm -hmm. because I knew I needed help. And I couldn't afford it. So that's a whole nother story. But uh, because <laughs> I mean, you can be in dire straits. I mean, just a, just a, the small piece of my history. I literally was kicked out of treatment that I needed because some bureaucracy, some process change, procedure changed with my healthcare provider. And I'm like in the midst of some critical treatment that I needed. And they're like, yeah, you got to go and we'll figure it out later. Oh, will we? <laughs> well, like I said, I'm still here. But, you know, that's just a whole nother story when it comes to really needing the tools and really needing the treatment and really needing um, psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, therapists, Therapy could be $150 a session. a session. And oh, we need mm -hmm. it. And it would be great if I can do that twice a week, but $300 mm -hmm. a week, right. you know, and you got to pay your bills. And we still out here being single parents. And, you know, it's like that is a whole 
another you know ball game within itself but it is very that's why again awareness is you know really um important because you you know i'm a google queen so you know there's a lot of things and yeah. google you can find for free yeah. there's books you yeah. can download for free there's all type of coping techniques you can find mm -hmm. and all type of things you know online so Absolutely. I'm so glad that that's a thing because, man, I'm glad you mentioned that, Nico. Um, there's a resource called um, Open Path, which is a, um, um, a therapy platform. And it's, um, it's therapists who, who recognize that some people don't have access to therapy because of the financial piece. And so they charge um, sliding scale fees and, and discounted rates um, mm. for therapy. And it's online, it's virtual. Awesome. Most of the therapists, um, there may be some who are providing in, in um, was it in-person sessions, mm -hmm. but Open Path, um, is, is a resource. Um, and then the community mental health centers will often do uh, sliding scale fees for people who don't have insurance. So they base it on income. So um, there are a few resources available. Yeah. It definitely can be a barrier um, if you mm -hmm. don't have the finances or the, uh, the insurance. So, yeah. Yep, yep, absolutely. I know. Um, well, let's not talk about medication because mm -hmm. um, my medication with my insurance every month costs. Last month I had to pay one twenty five. This month I had to pay eighty because there's a shortage on my particular medication right now, and so I'm having to go running back and forth with my psychiatrist and to the pharmacy to see which dosage they have available at the pharmacy so I can get the. <laughs> The psychiatrist to write a prescription for it, but the cost of of just the ADHD medication is is um, over four hundred dollars just for a month. Yeah. Just for, and I can't tell y'all how much it has helped me. Like, I may not even would have been here right now because my brain would have been going a million miles an hour been able to have this conversation with y'all and be able to look like I'm paying attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think that actually is a good um time to promote Miss Adrian what what you do um again here. You were talking about how um actually you and I we were talking offline. I'm gonna bring it online. We were talking about your passion for being able to bring knowledge and, and understanding um, into finances, right? And, and how those systemic pressures of, of not having as much often weighs on um, our mental and how, how we actually can take advantage of resources to be better, um, and, and how we really don't have to be as strained financially if we really take advantage of some resources out there. So did, do you mind talking a little bit about that? Okay. Um, I don't remember which resources I was talking about, but um, so just off the fly, um, the, the platform that I, I work with, the company that I'm um, contracted with, 
is geared towards middle income America. And um, so they, they pride themselves on making resources that are typically available for, um, for wealthy people, making them accessible to, to uh, middle income America and, and everyday people, right? So whereas with maybe an investment company, you might need a thousand dollars or a couple of thousand even to enter into the, the market of investing. Um, I have several companies that I work with that you can start investing in those same um, Wall Street stocks that are available, those mutual funds that are available for as little as $25 a month. And so that may not be um, all that you need to invest, but it gets you in the game and it gets you started and helps you uh, start to create a plan. But we don't know that these resources are available. Um, other things like um, teaching, I'm, I'm big on education. And so teaching people about financial literacy and how to allocate your money and how to come up with strategies so that you're properly protecting your family and your family's finances. Again, these are things that we're not taught. There's a, um, a, a rule, it's called the rule of 72 when it comes to dealing with money. And so that rule says that depending on the interest rate that you have, it, it tells you how many or how often your money will double. And so this concept is simple enough that maybe a third grader, my third grader understood it, um, <clears throat> but we're teaching our kids algebra and geometry in the third grade, but we don't get the lessons on what to do with our money, which is yeah. the biggest resource that we have um, or our ability to make money and um, we don't we don't get taught what to do with that so we just kind of go out here and, and have to figure it out wow. and again we don't not having access to the the information we've become one of the largest consumer groups so it's not that we don't have the, the money uh, available and we're spending it but we just need to figure out learn how to to spend it um, so that it benefits us more versus making other companies wealthy. Um, of course. Of course. I'm Thank you. Go Thank out you. and say um, <laughs> supporting our black businesses. I think, you know, we definitely yeah. there are some businesses that that need to um, to show up a little better. I'll just say that. But Yes. As a, a collective and as a, a community, we're the only community that doesn't support each other yes. in the ways that other communities do. And yes. so um, thinking about I was thinking about Black Wall Street and how when they, they had a self-sustaining community where the dollar circulated 10 to 12 times before it went out into the the, the larger community. So be learning and getting back to um, a collective and a collaborative mindset, I think it would be helpful in our our overall well-being because we um, we're designed to be tribal people, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Lost that we've lost touch with community and, and what community means and how we all can collectively bring to the community to, yeah. to make us all uh, better individually. Of of course, of course. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I do want to be mindful of time. Um, we'll definitely get more 
more into that um, in the next episode. Miss Nicole, I know you said that you actually have to wrap it up. We want to yep. thank everyone for their time. So do you mind just reminding us one more time kind of uh, who you are and, and, and how we might be able to get in touch with you while you were here and then we can go ahead oh yeah, I mean Thank it's you. just it's just little old me. Well, I'm not little. <laughs> maybe you know, maybe later. Um, look, <laughs> I keep trying to work on my exercise goals, but um, I am Nico Baker. You can find me anywhere as Nico Baker, Facebook, um, Instagram. I'm not majorly, majorly on socials, um, but I am the president of the board of Lifted KC, um, yes. the non for profit um, organization. Um, you know, bringing awareness uh, to mental health. And um, again, I am just most definitely involved in things like this so that we can um, touch and agree and help each other grow um, in the areas of mental health. And again, I have a passion for grief and also just helping people through their journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. It was really nice having you tonight. Um, I'll go ahead and take you backstage. And then, ladies, if we can go ahead and get outros from y'all, um, I can be in touch in the in the Facebook group. Thank you so much for your time. I'm sorry I uh, I went over. All righty. Miss um, LaShonda, maybe do you want to go ahead and just remind us one more time who you were, what brought you to the show, and, and we can go ahead and get you going tonight. Yeah, sure. Um, again, I'm LaShonda Arthurly. Um, you can find me on all socials under my on my rap name from when I was rapping. Uh, <laughs> it's a rebel red <laughs> if you want to follow me. Um, otherwise, um, I'm just here to be a light and 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 try to um, do like Miss Adrian said and contribute what I can to the collective to try to help raise us up. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate your perspective. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Awesome. Miss Devin, do you mind going ahead and wrapping it up for us, giving us one more shout out as you have that mental heels, I dare say, shirt on? With the sisters, but listen, my passion is for the men because, I mean, honestly, as a woman, I don't want to be strong. I don't, I don't, I mean, respectfully, but I don't want to be the strong black woman. Like I want to be led and loved by a strong black man. So I am grateful for this platform. I am thankful for princess and Rod reaching out to me and wanting to collaborate and just, it really takes a community for us to remove the stigmas related to mental health, to really encourage one another to seek healing, to be supportive of the healing journey. So if you guys want to follow like everybody else, I'm no celebrity, but my nonprofit is Lifted KC. We have a slew of events that I am excited about coming um, to Kansas City. Um, also about to trickle into some other states, Princess Nim don't know it, but I'm about to start doing some stuff in St. Louis, so they will be a part of that. But I also want to plug um, my coaching because you know I've been giving out these free services for so long, just making sure that people understand the importance of really investing in your mental health, like it is important. It is imperative. So if you are looking for someone to talk to um, as a life coach, I'm not able to diagnose, but we do 
create an atmosphere of confidentiality. We allow you to talk and we are goal-based. Um, my life coaching practice is Anchored in Hope. So reach out to me on Facebook under Lifted KC, Anchored in Hope, or Devin Elise on all socials, and I will connect with you and get you where you need to go. Awesome. Awesome. Truly a pleasure having you. We support yeah. Lifted KC for sure. Have a good one. Too. Okay. And of course, we have the lovely Miss Adrian. Thank you for your expertise. Thank you so much for all of your perspective. I loved having you. And do you mind just letting the audience know one more time who you are, what brought you to the show? Um, I am Adrian Taylor again. Um, I am a financial empowerment coach. Um, I am um, able to take a holistic approach in helping a family with finances. And so what brought me to the show is um, personal and professional um, experiences, relationships with uh, mental health, and um, also kind of learning how to marry the two, the finances and uh, the financial aspect of um, how it impacts mental health and, and the relationship that we have with our money um, definitely plays a role in our, our mental wellness. And so um, I think this is an amazing platform that you all have created and long overdue because we need to get rid of the, the stigma that's associated with mental health and, and mental wellness because it's not any different than um, any other physical um, ailment or physical diagnosis that we might have. It's biological. There's a biological nature, environmental nature, just like any other diagnosis. And so um, we need to be more accepting, I think, of um, and more understanding of um, the, the struggle that's there and, and more um, supportive of people getting the help that they need. Yeah, that is so wonderful. Thank you. Um, I also appreciate your time the other day. I can't wait to go more in depth. I actually would love to use myself as a case study. If you wouldn't mind doing that um, on a future episode, if that would help. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah. So this is then I did a, a complimentary um, uh, financial assessment. And so that's something that I do again, trying to remove the barriers for, for people um, to get their financial houses in order. So that if um, that's something that I offer is a, a complimentary assessment, it's a 30 minute assessment. And I have an app that um, takes a look at every aspect of a person's finances and gives them talking points, things that they need to take a look at addressing within their finances. And I offer resources to um, address those those points as they come up. So yeah, I'd love to uh, do a demo of what that looks like. And yes, they can definitely reach out to me. Awesome. Awesome. I cannot wait to feature and talk about that um, and, and have that demo that that was a, a surprise to the audience. I, I, I did not actually tell Miss Adrian that I wanted to do that. So I'm very uh, excited. She didn't know what I was up to um, when she asked me if I wanted to see what she does. I was like, oh, she doesn't know what she just put in my hands no. because it, it, it shed light on me. And I really want to share that with, uh, with the fans here. Um, okay. Excellent. 
happy to do that. Of course, of course. Well, it was wonderful having you tonight. I'm going to go ahead and put you backstage and uh, we'll see you in a future episode. All right. Thanks for having me. A little bit of essentialism, a little bit of erosiveness. We'll be unpacking a bit more on this topic in our conversation on Clubhouse next week. Don't forget to join us. Look out for the Black Dog Couch House. You'll find the unpacking conversations there. If we don't see you then, we'll see you in a couple weeks for the next episode of the Blacked Out Couch. I hope we all heal.